crowd trying to make it more difficult now. Burrow throws, intercepted! It is picked off, and on the run is Roquan Smith! Down the sideline! Smith gets a block all the way! The pick six for Roquan Smith! that ball, breathing new life into the Chicago Bears team and extending their lead. And when you've got a rookie quarterback seeing his most extensive action of his young NFL career. He's not afraid to miss any shots. He's not afraid to throw the next interception. He's ready to rock. Play action. Good blitz pick oh. by Mixon and it's intercepted. Jalen Johnson with the pick. Without an interception, throws a pick on two straight passes. 17-3 Bears with a ball when we return. Bengals' last three possessions all have ended in turnovers. Back-to-back -back picks as Burrow will throw on first down. Pressure up the middle, he's hit, and it's a third straight pick! A third straight interception, this one for Angelo Blackson! And it's first and goal Bears. Ogletree with the heat. But this is all pass pro in the backfield you gotta get up you gotta keep those defensive backs and, and uh, linebackers Ogletree Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time for the Bears Podcast, and it's a is Victory Tuesday a thing? I guess I don't, it's probably not a thing. Uh, but no. with me, as always, is actor comedian Mike Pusateri. Mike, how are you? I'm doing doing well, Andy. How are you? I've never been better. <laughs> a Bears a Bears victory will do that to you. Bears victory. Uh, poor Andy Dalton is hurt, which means it's it's Tyler Bray time again. <laughs> sure did, they, did they resign him? Frantically, they got to call and see if they can get him off his shift at the Jiffy Lube, put him back on the practice <laughs> squad. Yeah. <sighs> uh, so, for those of you new to the podcast, I don't know why you would be new to the podcast, but um, I mean, it's fine to be new to the podcast. But where have you been? How have you missed? Where have you been? All this gold. Yeah. Uh, you, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you could go to discipio.com and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, there's also a companion newsletter. I guess it's a companion. There's a newsletter that you can sign up for at pointlessexercise.com. And <clears throat> I've extended the 20% off sale through this entire Ooh. week in celebration of Justin Fields actually uh, most likely getting a start. So you could sign up uh, for the discount. And uh, so, Mike, what uh, what have you got to plug this week? I have no companion newsletter, but uh, people can find me at uh, mikepusateri.com. 
uh, at Mike Pusateri on Twitter, and I am Mike Pusateri on Instagram. And one week from Friday, I will be at Flappers in Burbank performing live stand-up. So come get your tickets. So how's your, you got your set all worked out? Yes, I got it. I got it. Is it all new material? All new material. Yeah. It's it's a short set, though. But it's a bunch of, bunch of comics. But it's all new. My oh. first time doing live stand-up since the pandemic began. And it might still be a little too early, but we're going to do it anyway, I guess. People, people got to laugh. People got to laugh. What's the Homer? Why Homer's done everything? Him emceeing the the comedy show. Are you ready to laugh? <laughs> uh. Does anybody remember laughter? <laughs> now the sad part of that is that I know that more from uh, almost famous than actually mm-hmm. from the Led Zeppelin documentary that it's in. Really. Yeah. <laughs> That is kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. But, All right. Uh, so, one and one Bears. One and one. Yeah, the Bears are uh, 500. They're tied for first place in the North. It's very exciting. Uh, they've never been out of first place this year in the North. That's right. Due to the late start. So, going uh, wire to wire this year. Yeah. Uh, we saw some things I don't think we thought we'd see, like the defense actually looked good. I'm sure yeah. a lot of that was Bengals related, but you can't be you can't be as bad as they were against the Rams and then do that to anybody. So clearly they got some of their shit together between week one and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Because while the, still know it's, it's still too early, like we you know look we assume the Rams are going to be really good and we assume. Uh, the Bengals are going to suck, but it's only week two. You don't really know yet. So, right. yeah, so the, it's, you, you got to give them credit. The, they played well. I think the Rams have a really good offense, and the Bengals can't block anybody. So the Browns kind of slot there in between, probably a little closer mm-hmm. to the Rams than the – so this would be a good test. On the road against the great Baker Mayfield. Right. Um, who, man, right about the time Andy Dalton was limping off for the first time – Um. Baker threw an interception against the Texans, made the tackle, and it looked for all it looked like he just obliterated his left shoulder. Like yeah. oh, season's over. Holy shit. I don't think he missed a, I don't think he missed a play. <laughs> so obviously Faker Mayfield. Yeah. Oh, Faker Mayfield. I like Faker that. Mayfield. Yeah. I, like <laughs> I bet nobody's ever thought of that. Probably not. Completely unique nickname. Should. Yeah. So the, uh, so the Bears will get Baker. They they may not have to face Jarvis Landry, who left the game with an injury, and they might not have to face Odell Beckham Jr., who has yet to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that'd be fine. If those two wanted to wait another week, I'm cool with that. That'd be good. Um But yeah, the uh the Bengals who had uh moved the ball relatively well against the Vikings, uh, really didn't do right. shit. Against the Bears, which was nice. They scored, uh, they had the one touchdown drive, and they scored another on a interception return for a touchdown. Right, right. G- granted, it, the Bears also uh, didn't exactly light up the scoreboard on offense, but, you know. 
They got well, more we started the wrong quarterback. Team. Yeah. Yeah, but the defense, I mean, Roquan was terrific. You, you expect that, but Robert Quinn gets a sack. Had a sack? Cleo Mack had a good game. Eddie Jackson had a good game. He had a tackle for Eddie loss. Jackson. He had tackle a guy. forced fumble. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. It's, it's amazing that when they're when they're really good players all play well, they have a pretty good defense. It's funny how that uh, works. Yeah. It is funny how that works. Yeah. So they just have to do that maybe, every week. I'm sure that'll be no problem. Maybe Desay just needed the, the one week. Was it a two week learning curve? Maybe that's what it was. He just to get the defense uh, ready to play. I think they basically said, look, we don't want to show – we're not going to beat the Rams. We don't want to show any of our good stuff against the Rams. See, that would actually be very smart. So let's just leave like, everybody open. And then every <laughs> every other team will think, Bears just leave all the wide receivers open. Right. And then we don't this week, and look what happens. Yeah, that'd be some three-dimensional chess that the Bears are incapable of playing. So, um, Yeah, we had the interesting uh, – one of the great – uh, announcer moments of all time in a bear game. So after Roquan uh, returns the interception for a touchdown, which I think was a legitimately great run. Great, um, absolutely. You know he had the he did the he did the side juke to get around Joe Mixon's tackle, and as mm-hmm. as women in bars will tell you, Joe likes to hit people. Um, oh, ouch! Ouch! Hey, hey, I'm not the, <laughs> I'm not the one who punched the lady in the bar. I don't know why I'm getting grief for this. Why, and why, then, why, are, why are you taking shit away? <laughs> that's right. I'm not the one who did it. That was Joe Mixon. You want to boo somebody? Go boo Mo, Mo, go boo Mo Jixon. Or Joe Mixon. Either one of them. Mo Jixon is actually, that's the name he gave the cops. But they Mo figured, Jixon, They figured yes. it out. Right. Third round pick out of Tulane. Yes. Even in, even in Norman, Oklahoma, they can figure out <laughs> that Joe Mixon, that Mo Jixon is probably Joe Mixon. <laughs> then he goes up the, then Roquan, up the sidelines and runs right over uh, Joe Burrow at the end, which was fun. Was I mean, the guy's name planted is Burrow. Him. I mean, he's, you figure he should be it, yeah. he, he should be planted into the ground somewhere. Roquan took he took it literally. So then Burrow your ass right here at the goal line. The Bears are only getting the best announcers uh, when they're not oh, in prime time. Of course. Mm-hmm. Mark former Bear Mark Sanchez. Uh, you have the butt fumble. Yes. Never actually took a snap in a regular season game for the Bears, but he did. He did dress for some, and um, yeah. and looked handsome on the sidelines and others. He was kind of the Mitch whisperer early in Mitch's career. <laughs> mm. So the great thing about it, so Joe Burrow had gone 199 passes in a row without an interception. <laughs> Mark Sanchez says uh, before the first play after the interception, best thing about Joe is he's not afraid to throw the next interception. That is the best thing about him. Seconds later, he threw the <laughs> next interception. <laughs> and then, not to, not to be outdone, he, 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 did he it again. throws the third interception. So the, That was pretty outstanding. The first one um, is a combination of a uh, terrible throw. I mean, a terrible throw. A bad throw and a great play. The second one yeah. was a bad throw and a great play. The third mm-hmm. one... Uh, is bad luck. Yeah. Elko Ultry jumps up, makes a nice play, bats the pass. 99% of the time, those bad passes end up on the ground. Mm-hmm. This time, ended up in the arms of a defensive lineman, the great Angelo Blackson. Mm-hmm. Angelo? <laughs> that doesn't even sound right when I said it. 
but I believe that's his name. And three in a row. That was great. Uh, the Bears got seven points out of the one that uh, Roquan uh, returned for touchdown and three out of the other two. That's not ideal. That sounds about right, though, for the Bears. But, yeah, that's not ideal. But That's that's to be imp- improved upon, yes. one would think. Um, so a lot of people made, a lot of dopes made a big deal out of the fact that Andy Dalton was, you know, I, I know everybody's all excited to finally get to Justin Fields, but Andy Dalton was playing so well. Uh, they would have beat them so, they would have beat him handily had he stayed in the game. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. what, what evidence do we have for that? That he had a good first drive, drove him down for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's kind yep. of the Nagy thing, right? The scripted right. plays on the first drive, Bears usually do pretty well with that. And then once this, once he runs out of script and he's left to his own devices to call plays, nothing. <laughs> they don't ever score again. Um, yeah. And then this one, the drive was over except for a pass interference call on the great Eli Apple. I'm surprised his mother didn't run out of the stands and yell at the ref again. Um, <laughs> and so that allowed the drive to keep going, and they scored a touchdown. So, I mean, Andy wasn't playing poorly, but he wasn't, no. you know, he, he was not, this was not John Elway in the late 80s. This uh, was, no, it was not. It was not. Um, the Bear offense right. was about to hit its typical Bear malaise. And um, right, and he got hurt. And then uh, they, and not to his fault. They after the first drive, they pretty much stopped blocking, and so he was running around, which you don't really want to see. Yeah, and um, scrambled out of bounds for 13 yards, and then mm-hmm. started uh, limping, which mm-hmm. I didn't even notice because Andy Dalton. I mean, what's what's the difference between him well, yeah, sprinting and limping? It looks the same <laughs> to me. I didn't even know he was hurt. It looks the same. It looks the same on the stopwatch. Um, well, yeah, and there was there was no contact. I mean, this was there was not there was right, nothing that bad. indicated. Oh, he, that's true. That usually is like the worst injury when that happens. But there was nothing to indicate that. Oh, he just really hurt himself. He just started limping. So it looked like it looked like an. I assumed he sprained an ankle. That's what I thought mm-hmm. he did. And um, he went off to the. Uh, they put him in the big blue tent. This time it was right. not uh, occupied by Jason Peters, like it was right. last week. When who was it that? Oh, David Montgomery needed to go into the blue tent uh, to have his finger fixed, but it was occupied no. by a three three hundred and eighty yeah. pound hibernating bear. Yes, a, a biscuit away from four hundred. So this time uh, they got Andy in, got him back out. Uh, much feel- much to the chagrin of the fan base, yes. by the way. Right. He came back out, apparently hobbled around. I couldn't tell the difference again because, I mean, it's, right. you know. And then this time he had to leave for good. And one of my favorite things was, so he's leaving. He's off off to the, uh, we got to take him to the locker room. Mm-hmm. And Mark Grody tweeted that as he was leaving, fans were cheering in appreciation of <laughs> his good start to the game. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> they were cheering uh, like, his injury. That's yeah. exactly what they were cheering, Mark. Which is a little cold, but that's what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, this was not like the the Philly fans at Veterans Stadium uh, cheering Michael yeah. Irvin being strapped to the backboard. Uh, yeah, but right. Bears Bears legend Andy Dalton getting a rouse, you know, getting a round of applause from but, the crowd as he bravely. Heads to the locker room to tend I mean, to his. I'm sure there was a lot of well wishes, wounds. like "Hey, 
Whatever. Hey, why don't you take the next right. 15 games exactly. off? I'm sure you'll be ready by February. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, and then the, then the other, to follow, to follow up on your point, then the other thing was a lot of the idiots were like, see, feel, you know, cause fields struggled a little bit. See, fields isn't, fields isn't ready. So you guys, that's why Nagy wants a veteran. No, Fields is not practicing with the ones. And Nag- Nagy is not is so inflexible and unimaginative, he can't switch the offense to take advantage of what Fields does really well. He just makes him run the stupid offense that he's got planned for Andy Dalton, which is not Fields' thing. Right. You take the, you take the athletic quarterback and just turn him into a drop back. Yes. For... <laughs> Wasn't he supposed to have a package? Yeah, the package. Couldn't you have the run package. the package then? Hey, let's put in the let's put in the fields package. We had no package. So uh, somebody made a good point about you know the like it or not, fields is the backup. The backup is supposed to run the plays that are in the game plan for that week. Fine. So he was six for thirteen for sixty yards. He had an interception. He had a fumble. Um, but he also had Darnell Mooney dropped a 22-yard pass on the sidelines. Yep. Colt had a 20-yard reception for a first down that, that that was nullified by a bullshit offensive pass interference. Horrible, horrible call. And that came horrible one call. play after Allen Robinson dropped a 35-yard touchdown pass in the end zone. By the way, a perfectly thrown yes. pass. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I get it because Allen had never had one of those. <laughs> Think about the quarterback. Allen Robinson played – at Penn State for, with Christian Hockenberg. Ugh. Then he went to the Jags and got to play with Blake Bortles. Ugh. Came to the Bears and had got Mitch. He's never had a pass hit him like in stride in his career. He literally just didn't know what to do. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> it's never happened to him before. He's like, oh, i got to knock that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Allen, you're supposed to catch those. But it's so oh. often, so and those three plays, if they are made, you know, all of a sudden, it's a it's a fantastic yeah, game by played, Fields. And he didn't play great, but he played fine. He played, and he actually, played I give Nagy credit. Yeah. Nagy said he he played better than you would anticipate a rookie quarterback is going to play being thrown in. He was comfortable. He knew he had a command of the offense. He knew how to run it. And basically, well, Nagy kind of said that. there were plays to be made, and other guys didn't make the plays. What he did yeah. do was he made the biggest play um, of the day when he ran for the – nothing on that play. He runs for the first down. The Bears take a knee and go home. Yeah. I don't think Andy Dalton uh, breaks away from that tackle and gets the first down there. No, that seems unlikely. Well, and you could tell – I mean, you could, you could, you can tell. It feels calm. Um not at all intimidated by this moment. Just looks like he belongs immediately. You can see the fluidity. You can see the athleticism. I mean, you can see what we have here. You, you can see that this 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 gentleman is going to be a you know a, unless something goes horribly wrong. Which when does that ever happen with Bears quarterbacks? He's going to be an outstanding football player. Sure seems that way. And I don't know why we're you know I I. I I, I don't get why we're, you know, Nagy came out and said if if Dalton is healthy, he's the starter. 
Why? So I have a, I have a, I have a theory about this. Okay, go ahead. So one of the things that is one of the dumbest things about Matt Nagy is his obsession with obfuscation because in his mind it gives them an advantage. You see it with the dumbest little things. Like we only have to go back a week. He refused to say who the nickel cornerback was going to be because he didn't want the Rams to know if it was going to be Marky Christian or Duke Shelley. Right, because that makes such a difference. So he doesn't. He wants the possibility to be there. In the he thinks that the Browns now are going to be like, oh shit, we have to get ready for Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. <laughs> we got to prepare for two quarterbacks. There aren't going to be enough hours in the day to do this. Now here, but here's the thing that really <laughs> that that's that whole thing wouldn't bother me. It's like all right, fine. Except here's the thing. I think it's a window into Nagy because I get the feeling that because he thinks this shit works, that. Other that he does it to the Bears, where they're like, "Oh my God, I don't know." Have the uh, have the Browns announced who the holder is going to be this week? No, we better get ready for every of every guy who might hold for kicks for them. We better spend right. twenty minutes uh, today on all six guys that it might be. One of them is left-handed. Get, and you just know Brian then that every little every little uncertainty they just they just have to waste all this time on it. And so then they think, like, they know what it does to them, that they're like, oh, this is really going to fuck with the Browns. Holy shit. Um, the other thing it might do, and if I want to give them a little credit, it could be that, let's just say, I don't think it's likely, but let's just say Fields plays this week and it is bad. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, the guy really isn't ready. If you go back to Dalton, you're not benching Justin Fields. Because you said before, right. Andy Dalton's our quarterback. As soon as he's healthy, Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback. So you're not bunching him. Right. With the other right. thing being, if Justin goes out and lights it up, nobody in town is going to give a shit if you're like, oh, yeah, the thing about Dalton, he's not our quarterback anymore because this guy's really good. Mm-hmm. So it could be that. I have a feeling it's more the other. It's the, oh, look at this. <laughs> Man, we're really going to pull one over on the Browns. They're not going to know who to get ready for. Yeah, I think it's that too. <sighs> yeah, I think is- what you said would, would be a, a very wise way to <laughs> – Handle a rookie quarterback, but I don't think that's what their intention is at all. No, but if it was up to me, he would have been he would have been much more prepared to play uh, on Sunday because he would have been the number one quarterback from the minute he showed up at minicamp. And he would have started against Correct. the Rams, and he would have started against the Bengals because he's the best quarterback they have, and he's the Correct. future. And this whole idea, we saw that, you know, uh, old football dumb shit Greg Gabriel. He was one of those, see, making too many mistakes. It's see? Like, he's got to make them sometime. Right. Right. The whole thing, and we even saw in the preseason, was, of course, he, every, every quarterback makes mistakes. He would make them, and then the same situation would present itself, and he would do it right. Which Sometimes exactly you just you have to, to see. see things and have it happen, yeah. and you're like, oh, fuck, I'll never do that again. Right. Uh, the interception he threw for the touchdown. That was a really well-disguised Actually, the opposite of a well-disguised. It looked for all the world like that. Like that linebacker was blitzing, and then he immediately turned and you know it was it was a really nice play, and I'm sure a more experienced Justin Fields, you know, is is on the alert for that. But in his mind, he did a checkdown and he's got a guy wide open over the middle, and oh shit, there's a Bengal that has the ball. If that was Mitch, this shit happens every week. I will right. probably never see it happen again. Well, maybe right. not never, but not. You know, it's 
Like we saw it with the, everybody made a big deal out of the fact that he got his helmet popped off against the Bills. And he admitted that he had called the wrong protection. It was up to him. He right. had, he had to be, he, he as the quarterback had to account for the free blitzer. Basically, okay, we can't block everybody. I know who's blitzing, so I will. it's my job to get rid of the ball before he gets here. And he didn't do it. And the, it happened to them later in the game, and he did it right. How else are you supposed to learn how to do that? Right. So if you're going to wait around for a guy to never make a mistake, then you, what, you just, you don't have, you don't feel the football team. That's right. That's right. The, the bears had to, Nagy talked a little bit about field starting because uh, Dalton was hurt. And then he got asked, I guess, directly by um, Brad Biggs, Bigsy. Bigsy. Um, as his friends call him. And, and, um, <laughs> ask him, he said, is when Dalton is, is healthy, is Fields your starter? And Nagy refused to answer. He said, oh, that's a scheme question. And he doesn't answer, like, he won't answer specifics about their play schemes. And Biggs is like, no, that's a personnel question. And he's like, no, it's right. a scheme question. And so he left. And then while the reporters are milling around or whatever they do, eating, you know, um, drinking free water or whatever it is that they get in that. I can't imagine that uh, the bears give out the best snacks in the interview room. Right. Right. Um, he said, they send a spokesman in. He's like, I would like to clear coach Nagy would like to clear something up. <laughs> in other words, Ryan Pace has said that coach Nagy needs to clear something up. And that was right. that Andy Dalton when healthy is the starting quarterback for the bears. Why does he hate us? So, if you can you can look at it two ways. You can be optimistic and say this is simply a break glass if needed scenario for Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. If he plays against the Browns and he just doesn't play well, and it's clear that he does need more work, more seasoning. Yeah. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So... Yeah, it's it's a if they need an alibi for Fields, it provides it. The and then if Fields plays really well, who's going to complain if they say, "Well, Andy was our quarterback, but he's not anymore." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So nobody's going to care. So they right now that's the optimistic look at. Right. But the pessimistic look <laughs> is they're fucking morons. Yeah, and they really think that. Andy Dalton gives them the best chance to win, and they're just trying to squeeze every last win out of the season because they think they're going to get fired if they don't. So what do we think is the most likely example? Them being morons or them uh, trying to figure out a a cagey solution? Well, history would indicate that uh, they're morons, and they come from a long line of morons. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Uh. So here's what I don't get. 
I think we all feel like Matt Nagy. I mean, we know the Bears are reluctant to fire people. They've right. proven that over the generations. It's one of their uh, one of the hallmarks of the organization. Tough mm-hmm. defense, Hall of Fame middle linebackers, terrible quarterback play, and the refusal to admit that you hired a shitty coach. That's pretty much that's that's bare football for the last hundred yeah. years. Did you say great running backs? Let's throw great, great running backs. backs. Yes. Great oh, running well, backs, but yeah. I forget it because the last couple of coaches we've had, uh, or at least two out of the last three, I could give a shit if they ever hand the ball to a running back. It makes it hard yeah, to remember like running that this right. franchise, the only the only time they ever won was when they had uh, the best running back in the league, and they had like four of those guys at different right. times. Right, right, right. So if you're Matt Nagy, then you – the easiest way to prove your worth and that you're the guy to coach this team is to take Justin Fields and show that you're going to get the most out of him, that mm-hmm. you're the perfect match for this guy. You're going to run a scheme that fits. You're going to be able to coach him out through his mistakes. And they, God damn it. They did it. They found the right quarterback and they paired the right coach with him at the right time. Right. If you're not so confident, then your next move is put off Justin's permanent ascension to quarterback as long as physically possible. Because if you can run out the clock on the season and only throw Justin in towards the end of the year, then it's us. Oh, not quite enough time to evaluate him, but we, we think he did some great things and wait till you get a whole year of him next year. Right. Right. Yeah. If you, if you come out and, 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 and try to pretend and start fields and try to pretend that uh, you've got the right offense for them. If the, if it doesn't work out, that doesn't look too good for you. So that's a risky proposition. Yeah. So what does that tell you about your head coach? That he seems completely unself-aware, except he must be self-aware because he clearly is playing the, I don't want to prove it one way or the other as long as until I absolutely have to. Because I do you, think you're giving him a lot of. I mean, you're saying he's snidely whiplash here. Is giving he's giving him a lot of a lot of credit here. No, I don't. You don't have to give him a lot of credit because I think his his uh, carefully quaffed boss feels the exact same way. Right, right. In fact, it very well could be that Nagy is like, "Fuck it, I could win with this guy." Hell yeah, <laughs> give him to me. I can't wait. We're gonna throw the ball over and Nagy and uh, Pace, Pace is like, Pace is like oh, no. why yeah, why don't you hold off on that, Chumley? Hold the phone, Chuck. We, you sure about this? You were gonna you're gonna pin our futures to this. You're that yeah. confident? Why don't you wait? Get, how about week eight? Seems like a good yeah, idea. week eight. Right when we're when we're two and five, then you can start. Because I do think that Nagy is, I think he's excited to 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 move to fields and just like take the chains off or whatever. We, I don't know if the offense is. It looks like it's chained to the ground, and just go. You would think, right? Yeah. I mean, what do you coach football for if not? Yeah, right, if, right, If right. you're a so-called offensive mastermind, yeah. you 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 work your whole life to get handed a guy like Justin Fields. Yeah, and you may not, and you may never get that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, right. so, that's something somebody should have convinced Nagy is that okay? What if pushing it back to week eight saves Ryan Pace's job, yeah. and not yours? Because yeah. because you didn't get a chance to prove over the full season that you could make it work with Justin. Right, right. Because there is a scenario where George will, uh, will, will fire Nagy 
and keep pace. There is no scenario no. where yeah, Nagy there's... is is retained and pace is fired. None. Right. I mean, because you're exactly right. Because George would go into pace and go, "It's your call on the head coach." Mm-hmm. You right. can. I'm fine with it either way. Which yep. then Ryan Pace, if he's as scheming as we think he is, is like, I can start the clock over again on me with a new coach. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, visorless exactly. visor boy, you don't have a Darth, job anymore. You really should. You should have stuck with the visor. Why don't you dump the visor this year? You could. You needed it. Yeah. Right. So that that would be a little scary if I was. Um, right. Or George can say, Ryan, you're out, and take uh, take uh, Darth Visor with you. Yeah. That's it. And George yeah, could there's even no, there's there's no scenario where he's like, you know, Ryan, we really we're really impressed with what Coach Nagy has done. So we're gonna keep him, but you can pick it back. That's just not gonna happen. So and George could do the Mickey Mouse. Actually, well, I never understood why Mickey Mouse is an insult. It shouldn't be. No. Mickey I mean, Mouse Disney's, is fine. Disney's fine it's high character. quality. You go to go to Disney World, nothing they don't do anything second class. Correct. And name a more beloved character than Mickey Mouse. Come on. Right. Yeah. Uh so uh I got a better example of a cartoon character. Okay. George could do the Clark the Cub thing where <laughs> Equal, he shows up famous, Equally as famous as Mickey Mouse. <laughs> where <laughs> he, he doesn't fire Nagy and Pace. Uh-huh. He fires yeah. Pace and tells Matt, I'm going to let the next general manager decide who the coach is going to be, which is effectively firing. Nobody comes in and keeps the coach. Right. Of course. Unless not. you inherit a guy that is really good. Uh, a legendary coach. Yeah. Right. right. So yeah. the new guy's going to come in and say all the right things and be I – mean, it's it's exa- the Bulls have the perfect example. Yeah. Arturus Knisivis comes in to run the organization, and it's during the pandemic, and they're not playing any games. And fans get pissed because he doesn't immediately fire Jim Boylan. Mm-hmm. He had no intention of keeping Jim Boylan, but there right. was also no reason to fire him when nothing could happen. They couldn't practice. They couldn't do anything. And he was wa- basically waiting to see what coaches were going to be available – but we got all nervous as Bulls fans. It's like, holy oh, shit, he's going to keep this stooge? Are you kidding me? Because mm-hmm. Boylan's running around telling me, I'm still a coach, blah, 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 blah. He was never really the coach. And he got, as soon as the league, new, the day the new league year started, he was gone. Right, right. Um, same thing. It would be the same thing with Nagy. The new guy would come in, and long before the combine, Matt Nagy is back selling real estate with Larry Wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but since that Tuesday, we got the news that, um, Andy Dalton's, uh, they still have never confirmed his bone bruise, mm-hmm. but whatever it is, it's gotta be bad. He's out right. this week. Could be out multiple weeks. You know, the bears gotta be, gotta be tricky about this. So we right, don't right. really know. Cause you know, it's, I can't believe they gave the Browns the advantage of letting um, them know they don't have to prepare for Andy Dalton this week. Yeah. Kevin Stefanski's like, all right, that's six hours uh, today of practice time just cleared up. Do you? So we're we're okay, going to go through me, all the red rifle stuff. We don't have to do it now. Let me ask you, do you think, was there any serious discussion at Hallis Hall of, okay, Andy's, Andy's out. Do we, do we start Nick Foles? Did that, did, they, <laughs> did those clouds actually have that discussion, do we think? I would guess they discussed every possibility. Yeah. Um, now let's say okay. You make a great point though. The bullshit we've been fed, right, is that Just Fields isn't ready. Great talent, can't wait till he's ready. He's not ready. Right. Why isn't Nick Foles the quarterback this week then? 
You're right. Right. He got ready all of a sudden. The 13 yeah. pass attempts were all that was the finishing school for Justin Fields. No, it was right, because right. the whole thing was bullshit. They've known yeah. since the day he showed up, he was the best quarterback they had. It was all this kabuki, you know, theater. Right. Chris Chris Bryant needs three weeks in, in Iowa to work on his defense, and then Mike Olt breaks his thumb, and all of a sudden his defense is fine. What? What? So, well, they, to my, Mike Olt did play one game of the broken thumb, they, <laughs> and nobody like, noticed. Uh, Mike, uh, one more day, and then his service time is. <laughs> You're going to have to play with it. <laughs> right. Remember Mike Old also had the thing that spring where he couldn't make he couldn't make tears, so his eyes were constantly dry. Do you remember that whole subplot? I don't remember. Like he was I know, constantly having to put that. eye drops in. They stand out, the poor guy standing out there in the middle of the desert, and he's, oh, his no. eyes are just, you know, like turning to cookies right in his head. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> poor Mike Old. Yeah. Um. So we get uh, so now we know we're going to get Justin Fields. It's very exciting, and um, it, the impetus now is on Matt Nagy that the offense shouldn't look anything like they did the first two weeks. No, nothing like because it. Because that was you know, that was the Andy Dalton shit. It was bad enough that when Fields came in, he was still running the Andy Dalton shit. He, right. he doesn't. He shouldn't have to run any of it this week. And I think some people think that it's just going to be like. Josh Fields rolling left and Josh Fields rolling right. It's not, you don't do that on every play, but there are plays where you do want him to get out on the edge and make a defender have to decide, is he running? Is he throwing? Right. Get the Tilt the whole field in one direction or the other. And I guess they don't draw those up for Andy Dalton. <laughs> Andy, would you like <laughs> to roll not. left? Uh, uh, I'm going to need a minute. Or to rest? Right. No, I mean, I mean, it's going to take me a minute to get from behind center to the sidelines on the left. So you're going to have to block <laughs> for a very long time. Yeah, uh. yeah they're like that's that's not going to work. Uh, so the defense played lost in the Justin Fields um, exuberance was that the defense played markedly better in week two mm-hmm. than they did in week one uh, to the point where. Uh, Sean Desai, the defensive coordinator, was given the game ball. So, well, well earned. I mean, the defense was a, yeah. did a complete one hundred and eighty from the Rams game. So, somebody's got to take the credit for it. You kind of wonder if hindsight is a wonderful thing. So they play the Rams in Week One, and the Rams are running basically the 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 Rams offense, but it's the one that Sean McVay has always wanted to run. He no mm-hmm. longer had to try to run it with Jared Goff. He right. now had Matthew Stafford. Right. And I guarantee there was shit in there that the Bears couldn't prepare for. Right. No, nobody in the league would have been prepared for it because they'd never seen it before. That put them at somewhat of a disadvantage. And then the whole thing with not wanting to tackle anybody. That didn't help. That makes sense. That didn't help, yeah. yeah. Um, so they showed up in week two and they actually tackled people, which is uh, in football uh, is an advantageous strategy is to tackle mm-hmm. your opponent. Um, and they played much better. They got, uh, Robert Quinn got an actual sack, like a real one this time, not in the Rams game. He was, uh, he was sack adjacent. Right, 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 right. Akeem Hicks <laughs> tackled yes. Stafford and Quinn was somewhere in the picture and he got a half a sack. This time he actually got the full sack. So, right. uh, that may be the only one we see him get, but we got to see him get one. So that was great. 
Mm-hmm. And there, and on that play, that was a play I, I wanted to use as an example. <laughs> uh, on that play, they lined up Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack on the same side. Took both their defensive ends, put them on the same side. And then they had Khalil crash into and basically wipe out both guys in front of Quinn. And Quinn looped around and got the sack. And it was a it was a it was a nice play design, and it was very well executed. And Hub Arkish immediately tweeted out um, that that sack was 100% attributable to the defensive coordinator. Right. And that seems like a very, it's a very Hub thing to give all of the credit to a coach instead yeah. of the players. The players, right. It's like, no, the guys still have to do the things. And yeah, coaching's important, but it's not the reason that that everything and anything happens. No, of course not. Hub's an interesting follow during games. He he always tweets the the he's kind of the you know Bob Nightingale is the king of he boldly <laughs> tweets something and then it immediately goes wrong. Yes, right. But his are Classic. like longer term. His he, Bob can like derail an entire season for a team or a player. Hub is simply going to screw up the very next play. It's much. Right. It's very much condensed. Yeah, he's um, more efficient. Because I think it, literally in the Rams game, he said something about how the defense was was playing much better. And then I don't think he hit. I don't think he had hit tweet, and Cooper Cup was <laughs> running unmolested down the SoFi. You, I'm sure, had the perfect example. You may have looked at the field and not realized that there was a player for Stafford to throw to, because he was so <laughs> far away from everyone else. On right, the right. Thought it was a vendor of some sort. One of those. Uh, next gen stats or something that puts the trackers on the players. Yeah. Said that Cooper Cup was open by 30 yards Oof. when he caught the pass. As the it's at least the most open a player has been in three seasons. That's uh, that's truly remarkable. So you got you got to see history. Yeah. Congratulations. Wonderful. <laughs> So my favorite other old um, crank on the Twitters is former Bear. I don't know what is what he ascended to. I don't know if he's ever director of scouting. I think he was. Greg Gabriel. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Who uh, basically said at the end of the game, well, it's pretty clear Justin Fields isn't ready. That's why Nagy wanted to keep playing Dalton. Amazing. It's like, right, did you watch the same game that we did? It's like, yeah. you know, did you watch... Darnell Mooney drop a 22-yard pass, and Allen Robinson drop a 35-yard touchdown pass. Perfectly Cole, thrown, by the way. Yeah, perfectly, perfectly thrown. thrown. The, and uh, Cole Komet. Cole Komet get called for a phantom offensive pass interference on the play after the Robinson drop, which would have been a first down. So the Bears yeah. probably would have gone and scored. And Jimmy Graham refused to block on a run when Fields would have walked into the end zone. Had had the six foot what is he? Six foot eight. Jimmy Graham didn't block he's, he's, a five foot nine inch defensive back. I think he's six foot fourteen. Yeah. They have a whole different cat- category for him. Uh, right, and so from all of that, Gabriel concludes yeah, that kids are not, not ready. You know why he thought it is because he got the two false starts. Right, Which when clearly, clearly... Was, Sam Mustafer was not. Justin was like, "Hurry up!" He was trying to clapping and yelling and trying to get him to snap him the ball, and that I think has to do with that's one of the other dumb things about not making him the number one quarterback right away is he's also not worked with the number one line. Right. And people, I think, think, well, you're just in the shotgun. You don't need the, like, it's not like the old uh, Terry Bradshaw and Mike Webster 
You know, when Terry <laughs> brings him up on the stage during his Hall of Fame speech, he wants to shove his hands up against his nuts one last time. You don't need that kind of rapport, but you do. It's still, yeah, it's probably, I think it's probably more now that they're always in the shotgun. Where does he like to snap? What's the verbal communication? What's the nonverbal communication? That kind of right. stuff. You didn't right. get any of that. And then it right. bites you in the ass on a field when he has to come in and play. Right. He's, he's working in practice in a, obviously a non-game situation, no crowd with a different center. Now it's, the, you know, he, he gets pressed into action, right? You know, it's, a, it's, a, he's in front of his home crowd. It, the game is, a, it's, it's a real game. New center, new personnel, new everything for him. Of course that you got to expect things like that are going to happen. Those, those guys aren't in sync, but you would hope, but to your point, it, this is the idiocy of just having him work the scout team and not, working with the ones in practice. Do you think, do you think Nagy still has him working with the scout team this week? Or do you think <laughs> Justin still doing both? You know, Justin, we don't want to throw too much at you. So just work with the scout team again. Yeah, it's but like, coach, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'd rather work with the starter. Like probably like, All right, Justin, here's today. Here's the game plan this week. And here's the Browns game plan this week. Oh, <laughs> what do we need that one for? Well, you need to run all the Baker's plays so the defense can get ready. And you need to run all of our plays. And this will right. help, right? Because I heard the media was criticizing you for not, not giving enough time in practice. Look at this. You get right. twice as much. Now you get all the time. He's like, well, what are we going to do when I when the defense is working with the scout team, but the offense is also working with the defensive scout team? What am I What am yeah. I supposed to do that? Uh, we'll just Nick Nick can just run the the run our plays. You go yeah. over and run the Baker plays. It'll be good. For, it'll be good for you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Coach. So. Um, <laughs> I'd like to make this joke, and I'll use you as a test audience of one, as to whether people really remember this or not. The thing I always remember about Greg Gabriel was Jerron Gilbert. Do you remember Jerron Gilbert? The defensive lineman the Bears drafted. Took him in the third round in 06, 07, something like that, right around Super Bowl time. Okay. And nobody else, no other team had Jerron Gilbert anywhere near the third round. (laughs) And right. Gabriel got a little testy because he was getting criticized. The Bears were getting their draft getting criticized. Like, yeah, he's a really good athlete, but not a lot of production. And I don't think I'm behaving this high. And mm-hmm. Gabriel actually had the Bears show a video of Jaron Gilbert jumping out of a swimming pool. <laughs> and he's like, oh, look what he can do. Right. It's like, um, what exactly, what skill in football does that translate to? Yeah, it's impressive. He's a large man who's literally standing in the shallow end of a swimming pool, and he jumps out of the water and he lands on. And I, number one, I don't know how he knew he figured out he could do it. That's alarming. Yeah, right. What hey, situation? Hey, you can't jump out of that swimming itself? pool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jaron, he was a life. He was a lifeguard. This guy is dry drowning over here on the lounge chair. <laughs> He's and, he, dry and he just hopped right out of the thing and saved him. Right. How do you save when you're dry drowning? How do they like? Do they waterboard you? Is that how they bring it back? Is it the I, You know, I don't know. I don't know. John Gilbert played four four games for the Bears mm. in his career. Mm. But some bitch can probably still jump out of a pool. He probably can. So whenever whenever Greg gets super critical about – he clearly hates the media. And he's he hates – and most amusingly, he hates Mike Florio more than anyone ever. Because anytime Florio gets a rumor – Gabriel is like, oh, what about the time? This guy's never right. He doesn't even go to the good one. My favorite Mike Florio burn is, and I'll tweet at him. He's actually responded to me more than once. Is Terry Bradshaw still dead? Do you remember when Pro Football Talk reported that Terry Bradshaw had died? 
Classic. Yeah. So what is he? He tweets back at you when you do that, Adam? He actually he's pretty good natured. He'll always be like, is he? okay. yeah. he's That's like, cool. ah, I checked. Still has a pulse. <laughs> but I don't know, Gabriel hates Florio. And so if he if he gets a rumor wrong that Gabriel's all over him on Twitter. It's like, yeah. all right, buddy, calm down. Okay, so the Bears are in uh the Bears are in Cleveland this week. And the uh our Brent Musburger's friends in the desert, boys in the desert, guys in the desert, something in the desert. Something in the desert. Have set the Browns as seven and a half point favorites. Browns are one and one. They choked a game away against the Kansas City Chiefs in their opener. Game that if their punter can catch a snap, they may very well have won. Now, do we know did that did that move at all since Fields was named the starter? Actually, that's a very good that's a very good question. I feel like earlier it was in the week, wasn't it a seven point? Now you're saying it's seven and a half. It was seven and a half last I checked. Okay. I think that the I think the assumption all along had been that Fields was going to play. So I think the only way okay. it would have moved is if So Vegas didn't really like if Dalton, if the Bears had been like, Oh, Andy's okay, then it would have been like plus seventeen and a half. <laughs> like, oh shit. We're gonna take a bath on this. Oh no. Right, right, yeah, right. Still yeah. seven and a half. So okay. you're right. It could okay. it may have been seven early in the week. May um, have been, but to your point, they Vegas surely assumed that Fields was gonna start because there's no way Dalton yeah. was gonna come back. So the Browns struggled with the Texans until Tarod. Don't call me Tyrod anymore. Tyrod Taylor pulled a hammy. Yeah. Um, and they do not have a particularly good uh, – they have a very good defensive line. They do not, however, have a very good secondary. It has struggled. Um, it's supposed hmm. to struggle against Patrick Mahomes. It's not supposed to struggle against Tyrod and Davis Mills. And it did. Right, right. Well, the very good defensive line is concerning given the Bears' very bad offensive line. At least bad tackles. Right. So it's probably a uh, a very good thing that the quarterback that can actually move is yes. the one who will actually be taking the snaps. And that's where it could be a good thing if because the, the secondary is weak. So our, hopefully our receivers will get open and Fields can find them down the field. Um, it would be nice. Hopefully uh, Justin and Allen Robinson have played catch this week. Maybe for a few minutes. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice, yeah. So – I was thinking about this. We need to give Allen Robinson, cut him a little bit of slack for the Okay. Um, Allen Robinson, legitimately one of the best wide receivers in the league. Definitely. The quarterbacks he's played for since he graduated high school, it's a who's who of shit. (laughs) He went to Penn State, and his quarterback was Christian Hackenberg, who was supposed to be like the greatest quarterback ever and was not. Right. Then he gets drafted by the Jags, and he gets to play with Blake Bortles. Man. Gets hurt, goes free agent, signs with the Bears, gets Mitch. Yeah. So yeah. this the first that's probably the first time since he was in high school, and who knows what his high school quarterback was. Maybe the first time in his life that he's ever been running into the end zone and a spiral has come at him and hit him in the chest. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely something he has uh, he has not experienced. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? Often. What's this thing? <laughs> you know, when Mitch throws it, I'd be four. I'd be in row three trying to catch the ball. Um, be, I'd like to blame the Manning brothers for something again this week. 
because of okay. that, I actually watched a considerable amount of a Packer game, which I never do unless they're playing uh, the Bears. I just see. ignore the Packers by watching it. Right. Um, one of the things that I, I – it's probably a good thing that they kept the camera above Peyton's waist yeah. for, the, for his reaction to this. But Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown pass to Robert Tunyon. Well, Robert Tunyon was never open. Never. <laughs> Rodgers threw the ball. He, he, was, he was running a, a seam route right up the middle of the field, and the linebacker is right on Tunyon the whole time. The linebacker's like, I got this guy covered, no problem. Rodgers squeezed that ball in, like, between their helmets, right into Tunyon's hands. It was amazing. And it yeah. wasn't a reckless, lucky throw. He knew exactly where he was throwing the ball, and it went right. Right there for touchdown, and Peyton was like, "Oh, <laughs> like, oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what the hell Aaron, what Allen Robinson would have done with Aaron Rodgers. He'd have never caught a pass. <laughs> yeah, bat him all the way. What is this? Stop throwing <laughs> them at my hands. What are you nuts? You're supposed to throw like it at my feet, and I have to die right. for it. And then a defensive back can wrestle it out of my hands before I can complete the catch. Yeah. <sighs> uh. So the uh, the announcers for the game are Kevin Burkhart and former Bear Greg Olson. Greg Olson, that'll be good. Should be. Maybe he'll give some. Maybe some good, Maybe he'll just he'll tell three hours of Jay Cutler stories. That'll be great. Uh, you know what? He could probably do worse. Or whatever that entertainment. Uh, I remember when the Bears drafted Olson, and then there was this whole scandal because. Miami, the Miami players had done this like really filthy rap song. I think Luther Campbell from Two Live Crew was involved, and they were like the I forget they were whatever the floor that some of them lived on when they were freshmen. They they were the that gang and they had this thing and right, you know, nerdy white sports writers are asking Greg Olds about this stuff. He's just shaking his head like, guys, I don't, I just don't think this matters. I really, uh-huh. I just don't. Right, and you'll talk about that too. Um, so that'll be good. It's a, it's a, uh, it's an upgrade over um, Kevin Kugler and the Sanchez. Yeah. Oh. Although I didn't, I really didn't mind Mark Sanchez. I love the fact that he got immediately burned on the Joe Burrow after the first interception and 200 passes. And he's like, the best thing about Joe is he's not afraid to throw the next one. And he had yeah. finished the last syllable, and the ball was being picked off by Jalen Johnson for the second time. Yeah. Um. And then next week, we have something to really look forward to. It's Bears-Lions, which is always... Ugh. Yeah, terrible, right. But we're getting Gus Johnson and Aqib Tlaib. What? Yes. That's awesome. Wait, now, how do, so how does that... Well, because... So Gus is... He's obviously their, the number one college announcer, but he's not really, he's not really in the, pro, the NFL rotation for announcing. Is that why? He's going to... Him and Aqib are doing eight games. And okay. because there are always there are half the weeks, roughly half the weeks of the season, um, one network has more games than the other. Just the way they divvy it up. When they they throw out the Thursday game and the Monday game and the Sunday game, and then they divvy up the other ones. And if right. it's your doubleheader weekend, I think they actually reward you then with like one of the other, the other the other one gets one of the crap games. I don't know how they do it, but you always okay. get one. So you actually both CBS needs an extra announcer one week and Fox the next, and it kind of alternates back and forth. And so yeah. Gus and Akeeb are going to do it. Was it was a little like uh, it was a little carrot to Gus. Nice. Like you know, cool. we love you on college football. We know you used to do NFL. <laughs> well, I'd like to come back with Akeeb, who is probably best known for stealing Michael Crabtree's necklace during a game. <laughs> right. Then Michael <laughs> trying to fight him on the field after the game to get it back. 
Yeah. But he's um he's good and he um <laughs> he was on they were on Richard Deitch's podcast and that's that's how I know that they're doing next week's game cuz Richard asked him what their next few assignments were and Gus ticked them all off and the last one was Bears Lions in Chicago. All right. And um Akeem basically it was, Richard was trying to ask it without insulting him, which was kind of a fine line, which was, you're not a very polished announcer. <laughs> but that seems to be your charm. You just kind of, you don't, and basically the way he said it was, for 40 years, color announcers have all talked the same way. They've typically been former quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and they see the game through the quarterback lens, and they talk about things a certain way. And occasionally an announcer comes along who wasn't a quarterback and hasn't been doing post-game interviews every single, you know, being brought to the podium every week to answer for whatever, who right. sees the game from a different angle and talks about it differently. And Akeem basically said, he's like, well, Akeem knew what he was getting at. It was basically like, yeah, like, yeah. he said, we are working on my enunciation. He goes, there's certain words I don't say very well. He literally said that. He's like, but I'm, I'm going to worry more about what I'm saying than how I say it. Okay. Which I think is probably the perfect way to do that. Right, right. So it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see what he... I would have liked to have had Akib do a Mitch game. Oh. Because as mad as Troy Aikman used to get, I can only imagine Akib. Well, is he doing... He might. He might get to, right? Is he doing any... Oh, if the Bills... If the, Josh any Allen, Buffalo games? Have, yeah. Well, when Josh Allen gets the COVID, because he's famously not vaccinated, then it'll be Mitch time. There you go. Could happen. That's not going to help anybody. No. Um, all right. So, what do you think? Uh, Brown seven and a half. Is that is that uh, too steep for having Josh Fields run around? I think that's too steep. I think uh, you know. I I think the Bears cover that. I, I so at the beginning of the year we talked about you know the first four games. You, you know, I thought that they're going to lose to the Rams. <clears throat> they're going to beat the Bengals. They're going to lose to the to the Browns, they're going to beat the Lions, no matter who the quarterback is. So I so I got to stick with that. I feel better about the Bears' chances, obviously, with Fields in there. I'd love to be wrong. Um, but, yeah, I don't th- – I think they're not going to the, – the Bears will cover that. All right. Don't you think? Yeah, I think initially I was I was going to go – I was going to go Browns. Uh, but I think I'm going to I'm going to pick the Bears to cover, especially now that I know that they're – at no point will they try to uh, wheel Andy Dalton out on the field, Hannibal Lecter style, on a cart, right. you know, right? To uh, try, you know, to try to save things. They'll just let Justin make his early mistakes and then probably lead a frantic fourth quarter game-winning drive, or at least a drive to uh, get the score under eight points. Okay, let me ask you this: that that brings up a thought. So, if if the if field struggles. Is there any scenario, not talking about an injury, is there any scenario where Darth Visor pulls him for Nick Foles? There is. I don't think it'll happen. I don't know if you saw Zach Wilson threw four interceptions against the Patriots last week, and it could have been seven. Yeah. I. That's not going to happen to Justin Fields. He's Justin Fields. Right. And he's not playing for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> right. Basically, the entire Jet offense was is predicated around lots of um, – Lots of play action. Mm-hmm. And after he threw the first couple of interceptions, the Patriots built up a big enough lead that they didn't even have to, to give any um, – they didn't have to pretend to be worried about the play action. Right. And poor Zach was throwing into throwing to guys who weren't open at all. And 
Um, I forget who it was. Somebody was even saying it, the, the Jets don't have a back. I mean, the, the Jets don't have anybody remotely as good as Nick Foles, even as their backup. Yeah. There's nobody to turn to. The poor kid is just going to have to eat it. Um, but I also think that, um, you know, Fields, because he played, played at Ohio State, played all those years, he's, he seems like the, nothing seems to really phase him. I don't see him throwing four interceptions. And right, if he did, right. I, they would, I, the two of them would be like weird tipped passes or whatever. You wouldn't put on him anyway. So, yeah. yes, there's a scenario. No, I don't think it'll come. Okay, let's hope, let's, let, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, if it does, maybe they just go wildcat with David Montgomery for the rest of the game. Because that apparently was the plan. That's right. Last week. Even though they said Andy was, he, he could have come in in an emergency. Oh, good. Yeah. That would have been <laughs> too hurt to play this week. But last Sunday, he could have hobbled around. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. Um, I, I think there was some thought. It's like, well, it's the Browns. Of course you could cover against the Browns. Yeah. But the uh, the the longtime Cub fan in me bristles at that crap. Right. That's the, you know, the Cubs will always suck. The Cubs will always find a way to blow it. Well, that's always it's true until it isn't. Yeah. And in 2015 and 16, the Cubs basically told Cardinal fans, fuck you. It's not true anymore, right. and um, I think the Browns are—they're—they're—I they're, don't I do not expect the Browns to win the Super Bowl this year, but they're no. a legitimately good team. So you're not—they're not just going to—they're not going to lose you just because they're the Browns, unless right. you know Hugh Jackson's not walking through that door again. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Although maybe he is. But we'll find out. Noon. We'll find out sooner. Noon, enough. my time. Yes, right. Ten o'clock your time. So how do you like watching football on the West Coast? It's the best. Yeah, because you get you still have plenty of day left when it's over. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're done. Yeah, exactly. Do you're after, you get your whole afternoon. It's fantastic. Yeah. Plus, yeah, and you get your Cubs games at five o'clock. It's terrific. Yeah, or eleven twenty in the eleven twenty. Yeah. Do think it's funny? I heard there were this. I guess it was, so. The the Reds on Getaway Day sometimes play at eleven thirty in the morning, and there were Giants fans who were like. Fucking game is at nine thirty in the morning on a Wednesday. <laughs> like, what the hell? The hell are we supposed to be able to watch that? Wait, is Cincinnati? Are they in Easter time? They are. So it'd be eight thirty then. Oh no! I mean, eleven thirty our time. They play these twelve thirty. I know from oh, the Cubs would play them, and they're like, "It's shit." The game's at eleven thirty in the morning. Gotcha, well, gotcha, if you're yeah. on the West Coast, it's nine thirty in the morning. The yeah. Reds are like, "Well, it's twelve thirty. Big deal. That's fine to play a game." <laughs> and everyone's like, "Well, you're playing a West Coast team." That, yeah, right. Um, they, you know. I, they're probably think it's a huge advantage. Well, players are going to be tired. Yeah. <laughs> no, the fans are going to be able to watch it. Just, they're going <laughs> yeah, right. to be commuting to work when the game yeah, starts. That's kidding. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Simmons uh, always goes on and on about how wonderful it is to watch football out on the West Coast. But then it, it cracks me up. He's talking about not being self-aware. He goes, uh, he's like, yeah, I thought about going out to move to Hawaii. Uh, no wonder Chris <laughs> Berman lives out there. You know, the games will be over by noon out there. ha, ha, ha. So yeah, we get it. You got $240 million from Spotify. You could fucking move to Hawaii if you wanted. Yeah. So don't give yeah. us that shit. Don't give us the exactly. Ugh, maybe someday I'll move out there. Maybe you would. How about, why don't you go tomorrow? That'd be hey, cool. Why don't you go out there and cut off all communication from the rest of us? <laughs> maybe find a place that doesn't have Wi-Fi and move there. <laughs> That's, yeah, you could do that. Uh, all right. All right. Well, we'll, all right. Uh, we'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting, 
Week four of the podcast will be very interesting because well, it's, it'll be his, it's it'll be historic. Yeah. It'll be just, the Fields dawn of the Justin Fields era. Yes. No longer will we have ever uh, no pressure on the kid, but I I expect by three o'clock on Sunday I'll now be able to say that I my days of watching the Bears without a great quarterback are over. Oof! No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> All right. You know what? I'll give him. I'll give him. I'll give him a couple of weeks to settle in. Give him a couple. Give him the yeah. Give him through the Lions. Let's get yeah, him. Get him through the Lions game, the Lions. and then, then you get the you get the Browns and the Lions to get your shit together, and then from then on, that you, works. You're uh, you're John Elway from here on. Perfect. Yeah. Except like don't lose the first three Super Bowls. Just skip Both, to the yeah. wet or part where you win the next two. I don't. I don't have time. I'm an old. I'm an old man. I don't have time to wait for you to piss right. away three Super Bowls first, Justin. <laughs> exactly. Of the five, I expect yeah. you to go to minimum. Right. All right. Nice. Well, thanks, right, buddy. We'll see you next week. I will see you next week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have herpes. <laughs> 